You can try it first. Okay. <laughs> You're listening to the pause button 2.0. I'm Anita Brown. And I'm Jill Johns. And we're here to upgrade your self-care. Do you want to just get right into this, or do you want to, like, stop recording and just chat for a little while? I don't know. We can get right into it. Okay. We were talking about safety, and we recorded on Friday an episode mm-hmm. of yes. an experience that I had, and I was listening to it back and the replay and editing, and I could tell how not ready I was to actually tell the story and describe the process and say where I was with it all. Mm-hmm. So then that was like freaking me out. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to figure this out and we cannot air that and we have to re-record. But it Mm -hmm. also, so I free flowed, like, you know, typed out just a free flow, like 800 word, like where am I at with this thing? And that brought some clarity and I was able to set up some like talking time with different people to help process this thing. Cool. And so that all happened yesterday. And so I'm, I feel like a much better place with it okay. to be able to talk about it. So Good. I can't wait to hear what you learned. So, I mean, it's a lot though. So it's like, <laughs> there's so many tendrils and everything to this thing. So <laughs> last fall, Scott and I had a, it's, you know, it's like one of the last things that Scott and I just cannot figure out in our marriage is our finances. And I'm coming at the finances this way and he's coming at it from a different way. And I've tried to set different boundaries about it. And as far as like the balloon and feathers, like that would be the balloon that is like the most, like the sparsest feathered for me in my Mm -hmm. marriage. It has gone from feel like feeling like there's no feathers on it to having just like a few strategic feathers placed there that could just be like, I guess, um, um, make me feel like at least there's that many (laughs) and like somehow be satisfied with this much. And still when it comes to our relationship herpes in my marriage, like the financial thing is one that continues to be like if like that would be our relationship herpes virus, like the finances is the one that keeps coming up and causing arguments and disagreements and deep disappointments and all this stuff. So we had another flare up in the, at the end of November and into December. And it was like two weeks where I just felt really anxious and just really not good about like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, what the fuck do I do? I've already tried to set my boundaries. Like, what do I do? How do I keep being married to somebody that just continues to not be able to like do the thing I want him to do? So I I contemplated it a lot. I just let this experience, I let the anxiety kind of just do run its course and show me what it needed to show me. Um, I spent a lot of time just like in my mind and in my body feeling things and asking and being curious like you talked about last week, just being curious about things. And I came to this place of realizing that, so my December realization is I was requiring Scott to provide me 
a level of financial safety by the boundaries I was setting. And he wasn't able to meet them. He, he's not able to like do that. And in the way that I'm requiring him. And so I realized like, is it really fair for me to ask another human being to provide me the safety mm-hmm. I need? Like as an adult woman, mm-hmm. I should be able to support, like provide my own safety. Like I can do this. And then I don't have to rely on anybody else and I don't have to control anybody else's actions to make me feel safe. I can just provide my own safety by the decisions I'll make. Because if something happens to Scott, if he, for instance, falls and breaks every bone in his body and they can't work. (laughs) Hypothetically speaking. (laughs) I know. It's a joke because that's exactly what happened in January. So... If he's out of commission and can't work, then it's like, I need to be able to support me and the kids and the lifestyle that I want us to have. And so I came to this realization that like, Anita, you can provide your own financial safety and you should, you should do that for yourself. This is, that's good self-care. Step into that power and like do that for yourself. And it's not about someone forcing me into the breadwinner role or anything. It's about me doing this for me and my kids. Mm-hmm. And that felt so empowering. It felt amazing. And it also just like immediately just like released him from this and like resentments about things kind of went away. And it was like, wow, we, we, what kind of relationship can we have if I'm not constantly holding him to this bar? Mm-hmm. So then December happened. I was able to um, create some more income in my life for the coming months. And step into this, like, yeah, I've got this. Like, I can do this. So then in January, he fell and <laughs> broke his body. <laughs> and um, he's, you know, hasn't been home for three weeks. And um, poor guy is going to be in a wheelchair for, like, several more weeks. And so it really is on me to make this stuff happen. And I have, this month of January, I have paid every single bill. Mm-hmm. And even some of his that I normally don't ever pay. But still, when we were talking about it on Friday, you asked me on the, so we were trying to record an episode and you were asking like, so where do you think this comes from? This, you know, that you were, had these expectations of him and it opened this can of worms for me because I realized it came from a couple of things. One, I think that our society, like, so I was born in the seventies, grew up in the eighties. So like women still largely were homemakers. Like women were, you say, stayed at home and took care of the family. Um, but then also my upbringing in, in a Christian environment and the stories, I guess the stories and the expectations in those churches was that man is the head of the household, just as Christ is head of the church. And then women have these roles that are like, it's a partnership in that women are creating the home and the nurturing and nourishing of the people in the home. And then the man is the provider and is making all the godly decisions. And there was a time in my very early 20s, so Scott and I met when I was 21. When I was like 20, 21, I was going to a church that very much had this messaging. And so I might have in my 20s kind of equated this messaging I got from this church that I was very involved in with 
all the messaging, like maybe from my youth as a, as you know, growing up in, in a Christian environment. And uh, so at this cusp of me wanting a marriage and being ready basically to get married, I had this idea unbeknownst to me. So this is like just coming, this realization is just happening now. So unbeknownst to me, I was really kind of expecting like, this is how the world works. It, so the belief system was like so ingrained that it was like, this is how the world works. This is the reality. Like I should totally expect that a man is going to be in this role of like provider and protector and making all these great decisions for the family. What I realize now is that I maybe also wanted this so bad because there, there was a lack of safety, I guess I felt as a child. And I don't know why exactly. It's just how my nervous system interpreted either things that happened or things that didn't happen that created in me a feeling of not feeling safe. Things weren't right. And when my dad went in, went into the military when I was in second grade, we moved away. Life was very different. My mom went back to work like full time when I was like 10, maybe nine or 10. So suddenly she's like, she's gone from the house before I even go to school. And then she's not there when I get back. She gets home like the five, five thirty, whatever. And then it's the making dinner. She just like, wasn't available to me anymore as much, to, you know, it just didn't feel like. And so I think my nervous system and my makeup in my psyche have always been craving that sense of security that somebody is there to take care of me. Like somebody's there to take care of me emotionally, which I also like, that was maybe lacking in my family. And then somebody's there to take care of like my physical, you know, my physical needs and like providing and making good decisions and all this stuff. Like somebody's there helping and watching over me and help, you know, doing that thing. So I think these, these things kind of merge, like this belief system that the man is the head of the household from my church upbringing. And then also the things that I lacked as a child didn't even realize, but my nervous system is constantly seeking that safety created an environment in which I was like expecting in a marriage that my partner is not only going to be like my emotional connection, but also my provider and my protector and the person who's making the best decisions for, for our life. So that was like an, an unconscious thing, but it was the expectation that I've been holding for Scott for 20 years and being constantly disappointed, like disappointed that like he's not making financial decisions that I think are good. And he's, um, you know, for a period of time, he didn't seem to be my emotional connector. And, um, you know, we've had this evolution in our marriage. And so finally this, you know, our emotional thing kind of got back on, we've gotten back on with so many things, but this provider thing like stuck around until finally realizing like, oh my God, this is a belief system that like I can choose to keep or not. But I realized also that as a woman born in the seventies, growing up during like the power chick eighties or whatever. And then, you know, this, this very like burst of feminism 
empowerment and just all the things that are going on with like women coming and stepping into their power and their sexuality and their whatever, they can be whatever they want. But I still had this idea that I need to be like, to be a woman, I need to be really good looking, keep up with like the trends, the latest trends and fashions. (laughs) Um, And then also do like the Susie homemaker shit. And also satisfy the needs of like the feminist community and like have this some like really ambitious career goals. And so I had these like two conflicting belief systems to me. It's like one messaging felt like it was saying, Anita, you need to not need a man. And then another one saying, I need a man for my safety and to be a provider and to do these best decisions and all this stuff. And I've been operating my life with these two fucking conflicting belief systems and Mm -hmm. feeling tormented as a woman, (laughs) like, who do I be and Mm -hmm. what do I want? And, and like how I really actually been ashamed of even admitting the fact that like, I want, I wanted to be a housewife. Like that's not even uh, kind of like allowed it seems like for a woman to want that anymore like how shameful to like let your whole existence be so small to be a housewife so it's like been I've been too ashamed to just even admit like I wanted to be a housewife I wanted a man to be the provider and bring home the money for the house and help you know make a good decision for the family and I wanted to be a mom and raise kids and nourish them and whatever and that didn't happen so I've also mm-hmm. been dealing with like this grief that like I didn't that didn't get to be my life my life was something different my life was I was I felt at the time kind of pushed into the role of like since I make more money per hour when I'm working then I need to go and make more of that happen. While Scott, who made less money per hour, was going to be the one to stay home. That just was what made sense to him. He was like, that just is logical. So he's the one that will stay, be more at home with the kids. But I didn't like the way he was nurturing and nourishing the kids. I didn't like the way he you know, I wouldn't spend time with the kids differently than how he would spend time with the kids. And I would feed the kids differently than how he fed the kids. And so I was like, so pissed that he got to have this role that I wanted and he wasn't even doing it right. And so there was like, so, so much wrapped up in these belief systems that I've been carrying around with me. And then finally realizing have like just the clarity that this is what's been going on allows me at least to deal with the things as needed for instance like if I need to grieve the fact that like my mom went back to work when I was 10 and I missed her so bad and I just really really wanted her home and I wanted people to pay more attention to me and meet my emotional needs and feel safe in that environment in the family or whatever like I need to grieve that part and let that part go so that it doesn't like so I'm not still seeking it now And if I need to figure out like the belief system, if I really truly believe that uh, what my role is going to be is like homemaker and whatever, then yeah, I guess I would have to talk to Scott and be like, okay, you know what? This is my deep seated calling in life. Like this is what's going to make my life feel the most complete is to do this. Are you willing 
And if he's not, then I have to make the decision to be like, okay, then I don't think this is going to work. And then I need to go find the man who is going to do that for me. And then I need to decide, like, am I like more satisfied in stepping into the role of supplying my own safety and um, being the kind of woman I want to be and letting go of the expectations that seemingly come from the outside of what kind of like what makes a woman be a woman, you know, like this stupid Dolly Parton challenge going on right now. I thought it was like really cute. Like, oh, look at, oh, how cute. Everyone's picture and then they're tender. Oh, ha ha, that's so funny. And, but then I was looking like, just like, what is this Dolly? Did Dolly Parton start a challenge? Like what's going on? So I looked to see and it was like some Dolly Parton post. And I don't know if it's like the real Dolly Parton or whatever, but it was like the caption in the original little thing was find a woman who can do it all. And it was like the LinkedIn woman, the Facebook woman, the Instagram woman, and then the Tinder woman. Mm. And that sounds, and I'm like, oh, fuck no, no, I will not be adopting that belief. Mm-hmm. Like, I will not be all things to, or, or I guess whatever society thinks all things is. I mean, the thing is, like, I probably am all things to Scott, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but I mean, Whatever society thinks all things is for a woman to be, what career minded, and then whatever Facebook represents, and then whatever Instagram represents, and then Tinder, like whatever that's supposed to represent. Do I really want to adopt that as my belief system? No, I don't. And I guess it turned into just like more of this um, idea that there's so many belief systems that we're holding and carrying around with us that we don't even realize and they're causing so much fucking turmoil (laughs) (laughs) on competing um competing priorities and how how do you strip down which one is more important you know so it's like I listen to this and it's like I'm just thinking about stuff that's going on in my life and my marriage and it's like well uh, which one really gets to kind of rise to the top and becomes the one and how do you even know which one that is like is it more important for you to have safety and so to become like your sole breadwinner or is it more important for you to be able to be in that nurturing role and then like that stay at home role? And those are wildly different roles with wildly different expectations with wildly different like action items to make those two things happen. And so I think like as a person who's like witnessing this journey for you and like listening to the way that you just described it and then and like thinking about my own life that's where I sit it's like wow it's like you know that you want to be in that nurturing motherly role and you know that you want to feel safety and security for yourself and it doesn't seem to be that there's one way that provides both of those so then now you're in a a space of having to choose it seems like that and yet I I strongly feel like what my life is right now like I really I feel like I'm offering that nurturing role Mm -hmm. um I feel like you know the nurturing role that maybe I was lacking as a child was a sense of emotional connection and safety like I didn't feel like my emotions were safe as a child. Mm -hmm. And so even if, like, if I had that element added to my childhood, 
maybe I would have just felt safe. And then I, maybe my mom going to work would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But having the two, having a lack of I, my, my emotions weren't safe. I didn't there. So there was, I didn't feel safe. And then my mom was gone. So physically she's gone. And then that, that didn't feel safe either. So there's two things that didn't feel safe. But I think that, so in my life, I work six days a week and I make sure that my time with my kids is well spent. So I am making sure that I'm present with them, hearing them, not rushing through our, through our stuff to get to something else. I'm making sure that it, like m- my other priorities of health, like I'm taking them on walks and going to the gym with them or whatever. Last night I made a dinner. So, you know, Scott's not here. So I'm like, the dinner roll is definitely on me. I made a dinner and I was like, here's a salad or here's some green beans. You have to pick one, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I got to do that. Yes. And, uh, and then I also get to find these creative outlets of ways to make money that I love. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the picture from the picture from the belief system of Anita should stay home and be the homemaker, the the vision of that looks very different from what my life is currently. And the vision of Anita should have this career life and be wildly successful as an independent woman capable of supporting herself completely looks very different from like what is currently happening but there's elements from both that feel good to me I think the question that I have is okay so if I release Scott from these expectations completely then where what are the new boundaries like Mm -hmm. if I am going to be like I'm stepping into like I'm going to make money for the family for me what kind of boundaries do I have for just sharing life with a person like what kind of person do I want to share a life with is it somebody who makes decisions about money that I think are incredibly unhealthy is do I want to share a life with somebody who makes decisions about food that I think are incredibly unhealthy or drink or smoke or whatever like do I want to share a life with somebody who is um, not compassionate or empathetic who doesn't listen or whatever. And so it's like, it ends up being like, who do I want to share a life with? What kind of person do I want in my life on a daily basis? And I guess that is more of like the face value of what I get to choose as boundaries of who I'm going to share a life with. So, you know, I've decided like, I don't want to share a life with somebody who is a smoker or a drinker. Mm-hmm. And I get to make that choice. And thank God Scott has quit smoking. Like we both quit smoking and he quit drinking with me too. And when it comes to healthy eating, I don't really feel like, I mean, I think like it would be great. I would love it if, if I had an active, very healthily engaged family and my husband was part of it. And yet I feel like whatever I am not like that doesn't right now in my life, that doesn't bother me as much. Like he can make whatever food decisions he's making. I'm making mine. I'm working on my own shit right now. And then, and he needs to work on his own shit, I guess, too. So that, that, so the eating, like, how does he eat? How, you know, how does he treat his body physically? And then how does he treat his money? Those are things where I'm like, yeah, I I don't know. 
I don't know exactly, mm-hmm. but what I do know is I can focus on my health with those things. And instead of making him focus on his health with those things in order to make me feel safe. So that feels better to me is to focus on my own safety with those things, what I can do for myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's like almost like tiered, like the drinking and the smoking was like deal breaker. These other things are like, would be nice to have, but they're not necessarily at this point anyway, hardcore deal breakers. And so it's just like understanding what those boundaries are and what the limitations are to each one. Yeah. And then, like you said, turning your attention or your focus back on you and what you can do to create those things um, versus looking externally for somebody else to feed that for you. Right. And I think, I think part of it is like, I am so satisfied and safe in my emotional connection with Scott. Like that is so solid that it makes it like, like, you know, we started our marriage, we were both smokers. We started drinking together. It's like those things were like, okay, for a period of time, they kind of weren't okay for me, but I adopted like, okay, whatever. I don't know what to do about it. So I'll just, you know, keep drinking with him until it wasn't okay. You know? So it's like, that's just, that's just how it's gone. It's like, it was okay until it just wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And then I just need to, I need to own up to when it's not okay. Right now I'm dealing with my own like issues with like how healthy I'm going to treat my body. So the focus is so much on me that like, I, I don't feel like it's really fair for me to require him to be better at it than I am so that somehow that's going to make me feel like I have a better marriage or something. Mm-hmm. We're so emotionally connected that there's some things that are like, it's, it's okay that he can figure that shit out on his own while I figure out my shit But I guess it's like if I figure my shit out to a point where I realize how much better life is without those things, like if I realize how much better life is without sugar in my life at all, and then how much more like engaged and active and full of energy I feel, and then he is eating Little Debbie snacks every day and drinking like, you know, I don't know how how many sodas every day and whatever, like not eating vegetables. Like, I don't know if like, maybe that's just going to make me feel like it's really sad. And do I want to share life with somebody who just doesn't realize? I mean, it sounds really unfair. You know, it's like, it sounds unfair from where I am right now. Like I change and feel like I'm more healthy and then I need him to be more healthy too, because it's just like to be equal at it. I don't know. I'm admitting it just sounds unfair, but like, that's just how it feels mm-hmm. really. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is good. This feels um, feels like from Friday to now today is Sunday. So in two days, you went from having a conversation about this that felt a little bit inauthentic or whatever. Or so disjointed and, and mm-hmm. so all over the place. And then you used your process of external processing and sounding boarding with people and then journaling about it to get to this place of extreme clarity where you can very, very clearly articulate it to, to all of us, I think is phenomenal, you know? Oh God, it feels amazing. And I just have to give a shout out to Brandy Harvey, who is our singer who dropped everything and had lunch with me yesterday. So I could like external process with her and get her perspective on things too. And then my mom who spent over an hour with me on the phone 
Aww. talking about this issue also it was really really fantastic to have people available and Scott was mentioning to me he was like it always seems like you have a friend to talk about the very issue that's on your mind like, <laughs> I know I love that about my friends like I have one friend for each kind of thing that I want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> so, so I feel good. much better about this Excellent. Well, we want to hear from everyone else. And so we strongly invite you to like the Facebook page, the pause button 2.0 on Facebook, or ask to join the community. And then also please subscribe via your favorite listening outlet. And um, this year in 2020, we're really pushing people to uh, encouraging people to encourage others to subscribe and listen. So, you know, if you find um, truth nuggets in here and things that make your life better, please let your friends know about it as well. um, So that maybe they can hear some of the truth nuggets that they need for their lives. Agreed. And also rate us, rate us on iTunes, because the more ratings we have, I guess the easier it is for other people to find us. So even if you can't think of anybody who else like that could benefit from listening to this, if you just rate us, then uh, people that you don't even know will find us that need to listen to this too. Seems Absolutely. important. Thanks, Jill, for having this conversation with me. Welcome. Have a wonderful, lovely day. You too. Bye bye.